It's been 26 years since Tupac Shakur died at UMC here in Vegas. Who was Tupac? It depends on who you ask. Some would call him a gangster rapper, a thug. Others would say he was an activist and an influential voice that we lost too soon. Pac would be 51 years old if he were alive today. There is no memorial in our city for this artist. Maybe there should be. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I chat with DJ Warren Peace, a Vegas DJ who's been in the game since the 90s and worked with the record label that signed Tupac, Death Row Records. We'll talk about how he thinks Tupac should be celebrated and how the Las Vegas attitude towards hip-hop has changed. It's Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. I'm Vogue Robinson, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Everywhere I go, people ask me about that. Oh, did that really happen? I'm like, yo, dude, that really happened. Good morning, DJ Warren Peace. Morning. Dope name. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome thank you. to CityCast Las Vegas. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So, I mean, obviously you're a DJ, so I'm going to ask you because you've been DJing for a minute, yeah. <laughs> which I find time. really yeah. fascinating. Um, but do you remember where you were on September 7th, 1996, the night that Tupac was shot? Yeah, I was doing a party where Tupac was supposed to show up. <laughs> Tupac and Suge were supposed to show up. It was a death row after fight party. And a lot of celebrities had already shown up. A lot of uh, what we would call IG models groupies had already showed up. And the place was like getting really there. And then we were just waiting for the fight to come out. And so more people started showing up, more celebrities started showing up. And then the whole night, I'm like, where's Pac and where's Suge? Where's Pac and where's Suge? There was like little rumblings through the death row people, but no one really told me what was going on. And then, you know, I didn't find out till later. So you just kind of packed up. Did the party end earlier? Was it just like, all right, we pack it up? I think everything ended around one that night. Mm-hmm. And I was so mad that Suge and Tupac didn't show up. Since this was the third party I'd done for them, I had nailed this one. Like I'd done all my research. I had every West Coast record. Like I was ready to go. And uh, the fact they didn't show up like, really pissed me off. But yeah, again, I found out why later on. Right. And especially in that time frame, like there's no social media for you to like none flip out your phone and be like, oh, this is what happened. <laughs> so it's like, none. you know, what we would call IG models. But yeah, there really wasn't any way to get any kind of confirmation about what was going on. Right. Right. No, it was it was it was definitely like that. Yeah. I know he, he passed, you know, a few days later, September 13th. What do you feel like the world lost when we lost Tupac? I honestly think you uh, lost a very talented person. I was one of those that didn't realize how talented he was until he passed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people to say that when celebrities and superstars and musicians and stuff pass, like they start going over their old work and they start realizing like, wow, this guy was really good. And being a DJ for so long and listening to other rappers, you hear the confidence and the the way he projected his voice, mm-hmm. the rhymes. Like when you hear all that stuff, he had all the intangibles, you know. Right. 
Someone can be a great wordsmith and rhyme every word, this, that, and the other, and blah, blah, blah. But if they don't have a good sounding voice or sound confident, there's always one or two things lacking. So after listening to him, I was like, I think we lost a really good talent. But I also think we lost a major acting talent. I was just going to say, now I got the juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. No, I think we lost a major acting talent in that. And and I didn't realize that until years later. And I was like, yo, he was on the path path. Like he'd already done Juice. He did that Trespass movie. These weren't great movies, but his acting, Poetic Justice like his acting in that was just so believable. And I really wanted to see him play a character outside of what his um, stereotype uh, type was. Casting. Yes, typecast. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it was a, a different world we got him in. And yeah. then gridlocked too uh, which yeah. my cousin, my cousin and my sister were obsessed with Tupac. So okay. like, yeah, gridlocked is like way over here in the fringe area. But it it stuck with me because it was about addiction and people trying to get clean. Yeah, I think that's where we lost a major talent for sure. Well, even for me, so I where I grew up, one of my professors, well, not professor, one of my, my oh my gosh, was that AP English? It was AP English teacher. <laughs> so he handed me Nikki Giovanni and then he handed me Tupac and was like, here are poets I think you might be interested in. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? But these two <laughs> like kind of, you would think polar opposites, but not really, because I think Nikki Giovanni actually has a poem for Tupac. Okay. But that the rose that grew from concrete. So seeing the poetry and songs like the Brenda Got a Baby and Keep Your Head and just yeah. the, all of these different, really beautiful songs that it felt like there were two sides of this very complex man. Yeah. And one side was full-fledged gangster rap. First off, you know, just like yeah. all the way yeah, um, yeah. spitting fire, literally. But then this other side that was socially conscious, the child of activists. And I feel like that shown too. But to live and have that intersectionality as a person on a regular basis, to have that much passion. Yeah. And and that's something that the diversity and the, the like you said, the multifacets that he had was, was definitely, he was a talent, you know, definitely talent. So during that time, okay, so it's the 90s, late 90s, what was the attitude towards hip hop at the time in Las Vegas? So, um, <laughs> I, right. <laughs> I, 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 it's funny, this question appears to me and I always, I kind of like clam up before I say it and then I'm like, man, I'm just going to say it. Mm -hmm. You know, this is Vegas. Like they called, Ve back in those days and still now, they called Vegas the South of the West, meaning mm. there was a lot of Southern quote unquote attitudes here uh, with racism and et cetera. And you couldn't, if you look at any old flyers from back in the day, they never said the word hip hop. Never. They would say mashup. They'd say top 40 mashup and top 40 mashups and house or something they would say. Mm. Like hip hop was a bad word because it, it brought the quote unquote bad element. And so back in the 90s, you know, you couldn't really go to, you could hear hip hop in a club, but you know, if the club got a little bit too dark, then you wouldn't hear any hip hop, you know? And and that that was every club in Vegas. I don't care what you say. That was e except the you know hip hop clubs that they call themselves hip hop clubs in Vegas. But every major club in Vegas, and I worked the majority of them, 
that was a major thing. And being a black person in Vegas at a DJ, you know, I had to go through that stereotype and, and let people know that, yo, I just don't know this one genre. I know all these other genres really good also. And so the attitude of hip hop in Vegas at that, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't great. But again, as in defense, in defense of, of this whole thing without trying to throw up the racism flag, because I don't like doing that. In defense of all of this is the business part of it. And the business owners of these nightclubs had valid reasons for this. Absolutely valid reasons. And when mm. you start looking at the bottom line and seeing, you know, money and, and, and you know, when this element is brought in, this element leaves and then bottle sales go down and blah, blah, blah. It's a valid business argument. And I'd always say that to people, especially other DJs. I'd say, like, listen, man. You have to look at the whole club. You can't just look at it from your perspective. Yeah, they won't let you play, in my case, 50 Cent. Like, I was banned from playing 50 Cent. In, what? In, yes, yeah, I was banned. I was. I got fired from playing 50 Cent at Club Raw in Las Vegas. And I remember that. I'll never forget that. I got fired. I remember the guy said, if you play 50 Cent, you're done. I said, well, I guess this is my last night. Wow. I played 50 Cent. I played Hypnotize. And that was it. I was done. Those were literally the club bangers, though. Now, and now, these were bangers. like that was the those those were the albums. Listen, everyone was listening to hip hop back then. I don't care what color you were, but the image of it and the people that would not come out to the club because they felt the imaging was so bad mm. is what brought down business. And so I don't necessarily say. I don't like to throw out the racism flag, especially if there's business involved, and you can prove to me that business wise that it took a hit. And every single time in nightclubs, you could see that it took a hit. Right. I'm hearing that, you know, that obviously you got to be smart about your business, but also, yeah, it's how do you navigate this space when really it is, po it's still popular music. I know you said, okay, if, if it's club got a little too, a little too dark, they needed the music to shift. Was there police interaction? Like did, how did police play a, a role in that? Oh yeah. If you get involved deep with the business, you start seeing. So yes, like Vegas is a tourist town. The majority of the tourists that come out are white tourists. So if you are doing something that scares away the majority of tourists, it affects business. Done. I don't care what color you are. Done. What was <laughs> happening is that that these this element, quote unquote, was scaring away this other element that was spending money and nightclubs and cops know that, yo, our whole industry is based on tourism. We can't have this. So there are strict things happening like, you know, oh, if you have this artist show up, then we're going to pull your liquor license. We had Snoop perform at Club Raw. And I'll never forget all of the warnings we got from the police. Now, this is Snoop Dogg. OK, Martha Stewart, Snoop Dogg. Like this is Snoop, <laughs> this is Snoop Dogg, people. Snoop Dogg. All of the warnings, and I remember getting close to the owner, and he would tell me, like, yeah, if, if there's a fight breaks out, you know, the cl club loses a liquor license. If this happens, then this happens. If this happens. And I remember everyone had to exit out the back. They couldn't exit into the casino. And that's the first time I'd ever seen it. I was like, why is everyone out the back? And I was like, oh, they don't want this group of people in the casino. I was like, oh, I get it. The perception to law enforcement was that some shit was going to happen. Like something's going to happen here and we need to stop this. Mm. And with these negative attitudes towards hip hop at the time, do you think that that's why Vegas doesn't have a memorial for Tupac? 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's maybe 10% of the reason. Okay. 10%. Because at this point, people realize that there's money in Brown. You know, people realize that you can make some really good money uh, serving these niche markets. Like uh, with the advent of the internet, the riches are in the niches. Well, not just that. I mean, when we talk about hip hop, like you said, like you got fired for playing 50 Cent. Meanwhile, at the Super Bowl this year, everybody went nuts with upside down, beefed up 50 Cent. So like... Full on, hey, Dr. Dre, like all of these people are on stage solidifying. Like, you know, when I was a kid, it was been 10 years and he was like 20 years. And I was like, oh, my God, 20 years, Dre. It's like it's music. <laughs> and if people enjoy it, then people enjoy it. So when I think about Vegas and and the fact that there's no memorial whatsoever and, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. negative attitudes towards hip hop, I just it's a thing that, that doesn't 100 percent make sense to me because the, especially because when you think about it from the perspective of, okay, what about money? So, well, well, what's that he, other reason? <laughs> here, here is here is the thing. Here is the thing. When when you bring up something like this, you have to look at the financial benefit here. You can't just say there should be a memorial because he was Tupac. Like I don't, you know, I I think you could say that there should be a memorial in every state for you know fallen Native Americans that we mm-hmm. slaughtered. You know, you could say it, but if there's no money involved with it, no one's gonna do it. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're the biggest Tupac fan in the world. If you're losing thousands of dollars every month, that memorial is not going to last that long. So with what you're being said, if they did a Tupac memorial in Vegas, it would have to be at that location. Um, the location, Coval and Flamingo, the amount of money at that location to even rent or to even get a trailer on that location is insane. Absolutely mm-hmm. insane. That real estate is worth millions of dollars. So financially, it would not be viable at all now. Across the street (laughs) in that little shell station or the hotel there. Mm -hmm. Now you got an attraction for the hotel. Now you got an attraction for the gas station. Now you got something. Now, if you went across the street, you it monetarily could make money because all you'd be doing is renting a room. Say, I don't know what the name of that hotel is, but me neither. Um, whatever that hotel <laughs> it's is, the one across the street. Yeah, run across the street. Uh, if you, I mean, all you'd be doing is renting renting a room in that hotel, and you'd have some you know hip hop stuff up and blah 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 blah, and you know you charge twenty bucks to get in and see it, like yeah yeah yeah, and you know you just copy what other people have done in the same type of of thing, and yeah, financially, I guarantee you would make money. I, I, it's funny because I brought this idea up to another friend of mine, like. A few months uh, about a month ago well, a few weeks ago and he was like dude that's genius i'm like yeah like that that's a nothing hotel <laughs> you know even like ellis island but they don't have any room in there but ellis island you know they'd make a mint if they had a, a room that and you charge 20 bucks in to go see the tupac memorial blah 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 you know it would work mm-hmm. but at that particular where he actually got shot nah it, it wouldn't make sense at all mm. do you feel like attitudes towards hip-hop has changed at all oh without a doubt you said it you said it you know (laughs) when i heard it was 50 cent dre and snoop and eminem at the super bowl first of all i thought it was a joke and kendrick (laughs) yeah yeah kendrick yes (laughs) and mary j blige (laughs) first of all i thought it was a joke i was like no and then i was like wait and i remember watching it and i remember seeing instagram people you know showing Snoop Crip walking on the thing and this, that, and that. And I'm like, wow, we've come full circle there. And here's the thing. No one, when it was mentioned, no one was boycotting Pepsi. No one was saying this is ridiculous. No one was saying any of that because it was so accepted. So the lesson in this, boys and girls, is that 
it takes time. <laughs> it takes time to get rid of these old antiquated attitudes towards anything. And if you look at it, these attitudes were when rock and roll first came out, you know, when they showed Elvis, like they couldn't show, you know, they showed from his neck up or whatever, because he was moving his hips <laughs> too much. Yeah, the, ooh, <laughs> we can't show that. Ooh, you know, uh, jazz back in the 1930s, you know, that was banned in major locations because they thought that this is a place that black people were going after white women. These are all old misconceptions that people just have to grow out of it, you know. So it just takes time. So I know you said, okay, 10% was the negative attitude towards hip hop. That's part of the reason why there is not a Tupac memorial. Do you think that aspects of Tupac's reputation could be stopping the city from putting up a memorial because there were sexual assault allegations and violence allegations and all of that? No, it's all money. No, it's all money. It's all money. I mean, yeah, there's a mob museum in town. Every situation that comes up, there is a parallel somewhere in the world. That's all you got to do is look at it. When people, I don't want to get political, but if you start talking about healthcare, oh, we can't do healthcare. Well, how come Australia can do it? Like someone's doing it, they're doing it in other places. So how come we can't see what they're doing and do it here? Like it's it's ridiculous. Well, there's not a Tupac memorial because he's violent. But there's a mob museum. Shut up. There is a mob museum that's probably what twenty thousand square feet. I've never been to it. Downtown prime area, yo, nah. Steve Wynn has a na- has his name on a hotel, and and he's no longer at at Wynn because of his allegations. Like, but he's the hotel's still there. His name's mm-hmm. still there, and his name's still on it. Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. No, so it's all money. Ten percent racial, blah blah blah, and ninety percent money, and everything comes down to money. People, everything comes down to money. So, how do you feel like we should celebrate him? okay i don't necessarily you know when the anniversary of his death comes on i don't necessarily celebrate it but i mean i do get in tupac moods where i will play those songs and or play the all eyes on me album which i thought was really good mm-hmm. I and mean, i totally slept on i will be the first to admit i totally slept on until he passed so yeah i think you, you know you celebrate how you want to celebrate the ways but just acknowledge the fact that we missed a major talent and you know you can say that with uh heath ledger got to play the Joker that passed. Like, you can mm-hmm. say that with a lot of different people, but I think we missed a major acting uh, tsunami with him. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you, DJ Warren Peace, for coming on to the sure. show and sharing your, your music knowledge and laughs. Thank you so much for having me. And now it's time for a little news. What's going on, Layla? So I guess we've had a pretty mild summer, at least COVID-wise. Hospitalization rates and case reports are among the lowest in the nation, but not everyone is benefiting from these trends. The elderly in particular are still vulnerable. This summer, they represented almost 80% of COVID deaths. Even before this year's drought restrictions, the school district has been replacing its grass football fields with artificial turf. And as Lake Mead continues to fall, the payoff is big. Water officials say that district-wide turf changes will save 135 million gallons a year. 
That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Did this episode strike a chord? Did you learn something new? Share it with a friend. Then make sure you're subscribed to the show so you always get our latest episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to our wonderful morning newsletter too. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Stay hydrated. Number three would probably be I get around. Round and round. Yeah. Round we go. Uh, what is, do for love. I think it's a Stevie. What's uh, it? Uh, do I do? Um, yeah. What you won't do. do. Yeah. Because what makes me laugh is in the background. You a little sucker for love. <laughs> <laughs> like, who, <laughs> who tells yes. people that? You a sucker for love. <laughs>